Welcome to Light the Camera Author. I'm Jim Juno. Billy D. Williams, a film legend, recalls his remarkable life of nearly eight decades. A heralded actor who's played the roles he wanted from Brian Song to Lando Calrissian in the Star Wars universe. Unchecked by the racism and typecasting so rife in the mostly all-white industry in which he triumphed. In his new book, What Have We Here? Portrait of a Life. Billy D. Williams writes of landing the role of a lifetime co-starring alongside of James Caan in Brian's song, the made-for-TV movie that was watched by an audience of more than 50 million people. He joins us now on Lights, Camera, Author. Billy D. Williams, welcome to Lights, Camera, Author. Let me ask you first off, you have had such a great career. I didn't realize it was eight decades. And... I was wondering if you, if I had to ask you, name your favorite role, what would it be? Well, you know, it's, I don't always well, necessarily think in terms of a favorite role. I mean, one favorite role. I, uh, I've done a lot of uh, roles that I really enjoyed doing. Well, as you said, I've been a, I've been on this planet for 86 years, so I've uh, passed through a lot of uh, portals, so to speak. Um, but, um, you know, certainly, you know, when you think in terms of uh, television, uh, I did a lot of television for CBC, uh, about five years of uh, television for CBC back in the uh, 60s. And uh, I did some very interesting things for for those folks. Um, of course, uh, Brian's song here, um, uh, movies, Lady Sings the Blues, Mahogany, The Bingo Long Traveling, All Stars and Motor Kings, um, lots of stuff. So there's no no one one thing that I can. Well, there there is one. When I when I was in Canada, uh, I did a play by uh, William Hanley called "Slow Dance on the Killing Ground," and that was a great character, uh, uh, Randall. Uh, that was probably one of the best characters I ever played. And then up there, I, I did a a movie called um, um, "Giant Steps." I played a, a jazz musician. So I got a big kick out of doing that. In fact, I I wanted to be that jazz musician forever. But anyway, there are quite a few stuff, things that I've done that I really enjoyed. Yes, indeed. And you, uh, I've got to mention Lando Calrissian oh, in the Star Wars episode, in the Star Wars uh, movies. And you, uh, I got to ask you this real quick. Um, we're going to get to Star Wars in a moment. I'd be, I, I probably get a lot of geek hate mail if I didn't ask you about Star Wars, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I did not know that you painted, and I don't know why I didn't know that until I read your book. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you that one of your paintings in the background there. That was I'm what you're in my studio right now. Oh, fantastic. I mean, that's what you first, that's what you wanted to be for at first was a, was a, an artist, correct? Well, I never, I never really knew what I wanted to be. 
I just happen to be. <laughs> you know, things just happen to evolve in a certain way. Um, you know, I've been drawing and painting. My sister and I were drawing and painting uh, 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 all of our, our lives. Um, uh, so it's been very much a part of my life at, uh, very early. Uh, of course, theater was introduced to me when I was six and a half years old. When I was, I did a, a Broadway play with uh, a Kurt Vile play with Lady Elena. And uh, I don't even know if you know those people. Lady Elena was, um, I know her from the James Bond movie, I believe uh, from Russia with Love. Yeah. Well, back in this is right after the war, they came to the United States and uh, made their fortune here. Um, uh, what was I trying to say? I forget what I was uh, saying. You were getting started on the stage at, at uh, I believe, at eight. Oh yeah, seven. so yeah, yeah. So uh, my my whole life is sort of revolved around uh, creativity. You know, I've never been a thug. Never wanted to be a thug. Um, uh, and because of the kind of parentage, parentage uh, is that the right word, parentage? Yeah. That'll work. Mm -hmm. well, the kind of parents I, I had, you know, I came, I come from a very, uh, uh, a wonderful people, people who are very creative. And, uh, and also I'm very proud of being a, from working class people. Uh, so anyway, I, I've had a lot of advantages. I think that uh, probably a lot of the young people don't have in their life. Lives. And you always you always uh, played the roles that you wanted to play. It wasn't you know during the era that that you started out in. And I'm I'm primarily maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I'm thinking the '50s and the '60s. The industry, film industry, was rife with um, racism during those days. I mean, it was it was basically. Black audience movies, white audience movies, but you okay. you never you never fell into that trap, did you? Well, you know, I guess because I've so I've led this kind of eclectic lifestyle, um, I just don't focus on the disadvantages. Uh, I I if anything, I'll take a disadvantage and make it into something that is an advantage. Um, I'm not a, a um, how do you say it? Uh, I, I'm not, uh, I, don't, I don't feel like a victim. I don't spend my life being a victim. I mean, I, you know, I recognize, the, the, you know, the disadvantages and it's a reality that I recognize, you know, that that's obviously there. Uh, I'm not going to, but I'm not going to spend my life and my energy uh, being pissed off. <laughs> 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 you 
You I, really? I don't see any advantage to that. <laughs> so you make yourself sick. <laughs> you can go around in circles if you do that. Yes, indeed. I tell you now, Lottie Lenya, who was a marvelous actress, uh, did you? Is it true you had to feed her her lines? Yeah, you know, but I was one of those little. I don't know how precocious I was as a child, but you know, but children, <laughs> you know, if you give them the, the advantage, they'll take it. They'll take it. Uh, uh, they'll use it, play with it, and piss everybody else off. <laughs> no. well, it was Mel Melville Cooper. He was in the play. Melville Cooper. He was a great uh, one of the um, uh, uh, character actors back in those days. Uh, sort of a renowned uh, character actor, British. And he couldn't stand me because I was always upstaging everybody. <laughs> but you know, when you're a little boy or a little kid, you know, you're able to do things like that. Wasn't it W.C. Fields who said, never work with animals or children? Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> now, was it, now, you were on stage, and I believe Barry Gordy, eventually, Barry Gordy spotted you, didn't he? Yeah, but, you know, I, you know, um, he, um, well, he was casting for the, uh, he was doing a movie with Diana. Uh, Diana Ross, a lady sings the blues, and uh, they, I auditioned for it. It was a very interesting audition uh, because I forgot my glasses that did that day when I had to audition, so I couldn't really read the script properly. And uh, he thought I was a bit arrogant, and uh, but I wasn't being arrogant. I just really had that uh, little momentary problem. But anyway, uh, when I, um, he liked me enough, he, he introduced me to Diana that day. And I think he began, that's when he began to see the chemistry between the two of us. So when uh, we did the uh, screen test uh, with uh, uh, Sidney Fury, who directed it, uh, Lady Sings Blues, um, he, Really, and he had a knack for really seeing things in a very interesting, unique way. So he saw the uniqueness of our uh, the chemistry between the two of us, uh, and uh, and I remember when I got through, uh, and it was a terrible, terrible uh, uh, screen test, uh, but. Uh, he saw the chemistry between the two of us. And uh, I remember when I was leaving, he ran up to me in his usual whimsical way uh, and said, you're, you're Louis McKay. I, I got to talk to my, he, he was talking, I got to talk to my people because they had somebody else in mind um, at that time. But he says, you're Louis McKay. You know, uh, don't worry. And he was got very excited about the, the prospect of the two of us being on screen together. And that's how we got to be friends. But uh, very, very someone that I am quite grateful to because he brought a whole new uh, perspective point of view to my uh, career as an actor. 
Now, before that, we mentioned it earlier, Brian's song. That was with Buzz, Buzz Kulik, I believe, was the director. Buzz Kulik, yeah. And how did you how did you come upon come upon landing that part? Well, uh, again, uh, it was uh, Lou Gossett was cast to play the role, and uh, he was playing basketball one weekend, and I think uh, busted his tendon in his Achilles heel, and so he couldn't do the role. So they got desperate and they. And I just happened to be in, I was living in New York primarily at the time. And uh, I just happened to be out here in California, you know, looking for work because I had a little boy that, and, uh, and I wanted to keep him in, in private school and stuff like that. But anyway, I came out here and um, they uh, called me in to audition. And uh, it was, uh, I was in a really low uh, mood and that mood really worked for the the audition and then when i met uh james kong jimmy kong uh, we had a great chemistry and the, the combination of that you know, those situations uh, created this what i regard as an act of love the whole experience and of course, uh, working with uh, Buzz Kulik was uh, one of the highlights of my life. He was a wonderful man. Now, with you mentioned Diana Ross earlier, you, you did two movies with her, uh, Lady Sings the Blues and Mahogany. Right. And he played, you know, he played her husband, I believe, in both in both movies. Correct. Well, the boyfriend in Mahogany. Boyfriend. That's right, boyfriend in in Mahogany. What kind of what kind of working relationship did you have with her? Well, we had a great time. We were like two little kids. Really? With each other, yeah. No, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Now, I know you um, you were you were under contract to Barry Gordy, I believe, for seven years. Yeah, yeah. Then he signed me to a seven year contract, and uh, and we ended up doing a. We were always looking for projects. Uh, we ended up doing a bingo long, traveling all stars, motor kings, it, and uh, and uh, Scott Joplin. I see. I've seen two of those movies. I haven't seen Hit yet, but I have seen Bingo Long with Rich, Richard Pryor was in was in Bingo Long and Traveling All Stars. Yeah, he was also in Hit as well. In Hit, okay. What I gotta ask you: What was it like working with with Richard Pryor? Because he always seemed to be a little bit edgy. I'll use that term. Well, uh, I, I don't normally like to talk about my relationship with uh, Richard. Oh. I, I, uh, I knew him too well. Fair enough. Fair he enough. Wasn't, he wasn't the, the nicest person in the, in the world. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I kind of... I can I can understand that. I it comes across in his in his humor a lot of times. He had a lot of problems. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you now. Um, excuse me, um, Lando Calrissian. Um, I saw it. I saw you when it first came out in the Empire Strikes Back. I also saw the 1983 with the Return of the Jedi. Right. 
And when you when you uh, was doing a uh, you came back to the role, I believe in 2019 was it with uh with the rise of Skywalker? Oh uh, yeah, yes. Tell me now you were the for some reason they make a big deal out of this, but um so I'm going to ask it um being the first African American in the Star Wars universe. Um did that did that add any pressure to your role or how did, how did you approach that role? Well, you know, I mean, for me, uh, I don't think in terms of African-American, one thing or the other. I mean, I don't live my life that way. and I don't approach my art in, in that way. Um, well, first off, when I, when I got the role of, uh, they asked me to play Orlando, and I think they asked me because I had all of this. I was a nice-looking kid and a lot of charm. Um, uh, and I was perfect for that character. Uh, but when I heard the name uh, Calrissian, I said, well, that's an Armenian name. That's interesting. I'll play with that whole idea. And then when I saw the cape, you know, and I was always looking for interesting heroic characters, you know, who are bigger-than-life characters. And that's how I generally approached everything that I do. The um, cover of your book, you have the cape. Yeah, I have the cape on, on the cover of the book. Great cover on that, mm -hmm. that, that, on that book. Um, I, um, so for me, uh, it was all about uh, taking uh, certain... And of course... Uh, Lando for me was a part of the future. It was no, he's not part of the uh, the lexicon or the, uh, the the kind of dialogue you we find ourselves mired in in terms of uh, one you know white, black, and white. I I don't approach anything in from that perspective, and I just found that uh, Lando was perfect for me because Lando was a part of the future. The, the, I never thought anything about it being, being a, a you being the uh, African-American or an African-American in that role. I was like, okay, so there, there are black people well, in most, the future. Most, <laughs> yeah. Most people, most people don't, I think. And that's because of me. I mean, uh, Billy D I don't, I, I, for me, um, you know, years ago, I studied futurism. I was in, I took classes in futurism. I took classes that I was, I'm part of that era uh, that focuses on the individual. Individualism is something that I was fascinated with when I was growing up as a kid. I used to go to, at least a, well, a couple of times I went to Ayan Rand lectures. Um, so for me, um, putting myself in a a place where I can uh, be more innovative and not get locked into a kind of a myopic vision of my my existence. I, I don't speak for anybody else. I only speak for myself. Um, I just can't live my life. Uh, being deemed an African-American or whatever it is. You know, I did a wonderful painting about that. 
of uh, I call my Sambo paintings. And it, it kind of uh, alludes to the whole idea of, uh, of this as uh, Langston Hughes said, uh, the, the darker than blue when he talked about the African-American experience. Um, I don't prescribe to this whole idea of uh, being the, the ex-slave. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't live my life that way. I, find that, I don't find anything interesting about it. Is it true that Star Wars fans accosted you after the role, though, that after they saw the movie, they were like, you know, you betrayed Han Solo, you sold out Han Solo. Yeah, I went through that with, uh, I used to pick my daughter up from school, and the kids would accuse me of uh, betraying her. Well, people were in love with Han Solo, you know, and, uh, and then here comes this guy, and he, and he happens to be a, uh, well, you know, when, when I was chosen for the role, it was because, uh, George was getting so much flack about Darth Vader, you know, being this big black figure. Oh, mm -hmm. so he he brought me in, but I decided to take my that character and not just uh, take a uh, a myopic point of view about the character. I wanted to broaden it, make it bigger than life, uh, heroic. Uh, but uh, you know, we live in a world where people uh, are very limited sometimes and their vision of things. So, and I understand that, but uh, I don't spend my life being a victim or feeling like a victim. And when I was reading that, I was, I, I kept thinking, people, this is just a movie. He's a, he's a great actor, but it, it really, it's just a movie. Okay. It's not real. Harrison Ford is not, is not frozen off in whatever it is, carbamite or something like that, you know? No, you're absolutely right. You know, but but uh, fans, it's a very interesting uh, phenomenon, that whole fan phenomenon. Um, I mean, soap operas, for instance. I mean, they fall in love with these characters in soap operas, and if the character's in trouble or needs money, I've heard about people sending money to these people. My sister would fall in love with some character I remember on uh, television if she... Uh, get, she would get so immersed and so totally involved in um, in the, these characters, the character's life that they, they really feel as though they're very much a part of that character's life. So it, it's very interesting. Uh, but uh, finally, I had to say to everybody, look, folks, did anybody die? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to... You know, I was in a dilemma because I was dealing with Darth Vader and he was about to interfere with my whole situation here in Cloud City, you know, Bismuth. Um, so I had to figure something out. And here, my buddy and his is uh, comes on into my domain uh, with his friends and it's creating problems for me. So I had to figure out something without uh, by without having to have the uh, without the complete demise of my friend and his friends so uh, there I was in a dilemma well, so yeah. I explained to everybody finally I ended up saying look folks did anybody die nobody <laughs> died 
he got unfrozen in the end and everything. Uh, spoiler alert. So the, the, the two people out there who have not seen the Star Wars movies yet, he doesn't die. He gets unfrozen. Everything's, everything's happily ever after. But you uh, now you had to re- you reprise the role in 2019. Uh, did that surprise you that they came that they came to you and said, we want Lando back in the movie franchise after all that well, time? It was great. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. Uh, but uh, JJ, I was very happy about it because JJ Abrams is, I love him. He's incredible. And I had a lot of fun working with him. So hey, but, you, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll go on. I was going to say, you're in, you were in the 1989 Batman movie. You played, you played Harvey, Harvey, Harvey yeah. Dent. Mm-hmm. And now you didn't. Well, play- I, I, wanted to, I wanted to play Two Face. I mean, John Peters wanted me to play uh, uh, Harvey Dent, and I was very happy about that because I thought I would go on to do Two Face, but uh, there was a change of of uh, uh, regimes. Uh, yeah, they brought in they brought in Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he was the- one of my favorite actors, and I love watching him uh, perform. Uh, but I did look forward to, to doing uh, uh, Two-Face. I don't know what I would have done with it, uh, but uh, I never got a chance to really explore it. You did get a chance uh, to at least voice the character, I believe. Was it in the yeah. Lego? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the irony of the whole thing. <laughs> <Is that? laughs> I, 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 later on, I ended up doing the voice and also having people identify me with with uh, Two-Face. At least having, that, you... having not really done it on screen, which uh, is ironic. Now, you have you have written books, you I mean, including this one. You, uh, you know, you've been an artist. You've been a stage actor. You've been uh, you've been on TV, uh, movies. You've even been in commercials uh, for Cold 45, if I recall. Right, yes. I'm, I'm trying to dig in. I even had a fragrance. I had a perfume through that's Avon. Right. That's right. You had a, you had an Avon fragrance, yes. Yeah. And Undeniable by Billy D. Williams. Yes. In competition with uh, with Liz Taylor with her fragrance. The White we Diamond? We, yeah, we were running neck and neck at that time. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything that you haven't done that you want to do or you would like to do? I don't know. I like surprises. <laughs> <laughs> it's not over yet. It's not over until it's over. That's right. It isn't over until it's over. And I tell you what, I have, I have really enjoyed talking to you, Mister. I want to call you Mister Williams. I don't. I'm so. <laughs> no, call I'm, me Billy. Billy D. Billy D. Uh, that was one question. December is your middle name, isn't it? Yeah, this, uh, that's my father's name. Is that what your father was named December? December, yeah. Well, I mean, was that his first name or last name? That was his first name. Oh, okay. So it's a family name. Yeah. But but Billy D. Was William... my, my, my middle name. That's uh, 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 William December Williams. My goodness. Well, Billy, I really appreciate you taking time, and I've really enjoyed talking to you. I really I hope we can get you back on in Lights, Camera, Author. Uh, in okay. the future. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And you stay well.